1: Good morning! Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope your day is starting off well. And uh, so far, so good for me because it wasn't raining as I was exiting the house and carrying a bunch of stuff with me. So that's always a good sign. I hope that uh, you got through yesterday okay. Seems seems like we're all we're all here. I'm trying to do a head count now. So some of you may still be asleep. But thank you for joining us here in the morning. And certainly, you, know, you heard Adam mention in the news that WalletHub named Massachusetts the best state to live in. Now, first of all, these rankings of things don't put much stock in them. They're designed to get people to share them. They're designed to get people to write about them. So WalletHub wants... Us and you know, media organizations like us to write an article about it that links back to them because that just gives them even more credibility. They show up higher in people's Google search rankings if, you know, verified, trusted sites with a lot of credibility like ours share them. And that helps them charge more money for their advertisers. But I'm saying... I wouldn't put too much stock in it because first of all, we see all these strange surveys and polls and studies and data collections and all these kind of things all the time. I, and, and I love living in Massachusetts. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think it would be the number one place for me to choose to live if I could live anywhere in the United States. But then that might just be based on my own personal interest and not the criteria that they have. For example, I'd rather live in mountains than on the beach. I'd rather live somewhere where the climate is as mild as can be all year round. I don't want it too hot. I don't want it too cold. I hate the snow. So my criteria might be different than what they used but they rank Massachusetts as number 1 just barely edging out the state of New Jersey. So that that is why right there I think that this this whole thing is skewed incorrectly because how would New Jersey be number 2? Of all the places to be number 2, why would it be New Jersey? But they rank Massachusetts is having a 44 in affordability, and I, I believe you can search these. Yeah, you can change this. So I'm going to guess 44 is a a high ranking. Alabama is number one for affordability. Well, it has a yeah. No, this is this is a numerical rank. So it's. It's the 44th most affordable state to live in, Massachusetts. And if that's the case, I can't imagine you could be the number one place to live with affordability being so low. That has to be the key factor. Now we rank 25th in economy. I'm sorry, that went to New Mexico. That's not us. Give me a second. We rank 11th in economy, first in education and health, sixth in quality of life, and sixth in safety. Now, I would, I would say that Massachusetts is, is pretty safe compared to other states. People are going to look at the crime rates in the cities. People are going to look at the driving habits of the people on the roads. But I, I think overall, you know, we, that's overblown. I don't think it's any worse here than it is anywhere else. So it's not to say that it's not without its flaws and its problems, but it's just in comparing it to other states, it's no more worse off. Quality of life, I think a six might be kind of high based on that 44th rank of affordability. And this is why Massachusetts always ranks highly in these types of informal unscientific polls is because of education and health. We have some of the best universities and colleges. We have some of the best hospitals in Boston. And so those always tend to rank Massachusetts high in that category. But do you wake up this morning, and granted, we all, we all love where we live or we wouldn't live there. But granted, do you wake up each morning and say, Ah, it's another great day to live in this Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I I feel like I'm in the number one state in the country. And I, I don't I don't think so. Certainly the people that call into this radio station and are concerned about the illegal immigration coming into this state and the legal immigration, but the people who are coming in to this state, whether it be through asylum, whether it be through the proper process, whether it be not through the proper process, people are concerned about that influx and the drain it may be on resources. So I don't think they're going to wake up this morning and say, yep, we're living in the number one state. But then again, I don't think people pay too much attention to these things. It's the kind of thing that you'll, you'll share on Facebook with a snarky comment and then you'll forget about it. Until next year's rankings come out and you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember when they ranked Massachusetts number one. Like the same, like within the same couple of weeks that uh, they declared a state of emergency. So I I, I don't think, I think this was all determined before that. But still, I I guess wake up and be proud of the fact that uh, Massachusetts is number one according to WalletHub, which, as you know, the world depends on for all of its rankings. Note the sarcasm. 508-996-0500. That is something that we can discuss this morning if you would like to. We can continue talking more about the star story issue. Uh, There's still, as I said, questions to be answered. There's still a lot that hasn't been said about it. But and, and, And what's happening now is... We are getting the trickling in of comments from the state delegation, which doesn't always have explanation to it. Yesterday, Representative Christopher Markey put out a press release, and in that press release, he had a statement on the College of Visual and Performing Arts leaving the Star Store building and I'm just going to read you some selections from it here. While I'm disappointed that the Center for Visual and Performing Arts is moving out of downtown New Bedford, I appreciate why the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth decided to recenter the CVPA on campus. The cost to maintain and rehabilitate that building was simply too costly. For many years, the Commonwealth has paid the rent for the property. While the funding was in the governor's budget and the House budget, it failed to make it into the Senate budget. One can try to blame on, put blame on the Senate or the university, however, both would be wrong. Due to changes in enrollment, higher education, and the economy, the Star Store proves too costly a facility to provide class space for the 116 students at the CVPA. Keeping the building operational was not a financially responsible choice for the state or the university. The building fulfilled a valuable purpose over the past two-plus decades, but now it is time to move on. We should be grateful for the private sector investment that improved the property and the university's commitment to the arts in our community that began two decades ago. With the conclusion of this chapter, so he's not, doesn't seem like Representative Markey is open to some of the ideas like Mayor Mitchell and Councilor Gomes have had to try to try to save the Star Store. With the conclusion of this chapter, we must look to the possibilities of the future with ex- excitement and ingenuity. The beautiful building remains in an ideal location at the heart of New Bedford, The greater New Bedford economy has changed and our community's needs have changed. The departure of the CVPA allows us to look for alternatives that could support the offshore wind industry, provide new housing, or convert the Star Store into the first location in New Bedford for the true smart growth that Governor Deval Patrick envisioned a decade ago. The Star Store could provide commercial space in the basement and first floor, office space on the second floor, and housing on the top two floors. It would be a shining example of how New Bedford has evolved. The project would exemplify the city's ability to adjust and harness private and public stakeholders to make significant investments that meet our current and long-term needs. So then he goes on to talk about how it's uh, in need of of housing, uh, that the beautiful picturesque windows would make for magnificent apartments. The basement on the first floor would be a prime location for commercial retail space. Uh, So he's talking about these ideas and what could happen with that building going forward. But it seems that he is resigned to the fact that this is this is not going to be salvageable for, for UMass Dartmouth, which I think is is what's what's lost a little bit in some of the statements that we've seen from Mayor Mitchell and Councilor Gomes. Their immediate reaction is, you know, the state legislature screwed up here. We've got to make this right but it kind of goes to what we were talking about yesterday. It wasn't so much that the state legislature screwed up. It was that UMass Dartmouth doesn't want to be in the building anymore. And the budget just makes for a convenient scapegoat. The budget just makes for a convenient way to bow out. I I haven't talked to Chancellor Mark Fuller. Um, I know that... uh, I believe Chris and Marcus reached out to try to get him on or Barry had reached out to try to get him on. I would like to know, the question I would ask is, did you request the money for the 2023 school year? And if you did request it, how hard did you lobby for it? Because it, it just seems more and more like the 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 real story here is that UMass Dartmouth didn't want to run that campus anymore. They don't need it. What they were getting from it was not worth what they would have to put into it. 116 students, and I, I don't want to say easily because I don't know the space situation on the, on the UMass Dartmouth campus, but 116 students is not a lot of students to, to have to relocate. As, as we mentioned yesterday, they have lecture halls over there that fit 116 students at one time. Now granted we're talking about the arts which require you know shop space, studio space, space to work. But I th- I think it can be, I think it can be done. I think they could probably build a building on campus to house the CVPA at some point, not now obviously, but something that they could fight for that funding and have it in a a couple of years or fundraise through the alumni or have a more moderate increase in tuition than they would need to keep the Star Store building open. But that's the bottom line here. They just don't want to be in that building anymore. They can't afford to be in that building anymore. It doesn't make sense for the owner of the building to do all the renovations needed to keep UMass Dartmouth in there. And UMass Dartmouth said, the chancellor said in his email to the UMD community, even if we were gifted the building, they wouldn't be able to afford to stay there, which means they just have no intentions of staying. So all this vitriol that we've heard for the last couple of days, all of this, you know, this is just another example of how the legislature is screwing the little guy. They can give money to, to, to the illegal immigrants. They can give money to this. They can waste money on that. But they can't support downtown New Bedford. Because UMass Dartmouth had no intention of staying there. 508-996-0500. We're going to take our first break of the morning and we'll be back in a few moments. merchant that's carnival. She had a couple of great albums there back to back after leaving 10,000 Maniacs which you know every late night host made the joke at the time that she left 10,000 Maniacs causing them to rebrand themselves as 9,999 Maniacs but they brought in someone else to sing. I just don't remember much about it because it wasn't nearly as good. 508-996-0500 that is the number to call in and chime in. You can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can also send us open line voicemails via the WBSM app. And I got some messages yesterday about the Nickelback tickets. We gave those away already. But we are going to have a a standing contest where we'll give away a seize the deal certificate. I, I don't want to say each week because it depends on when I have them. When... Uh, When I can get one, because we we always get a couple that we hold on to for giveaways and stuff. But it's just, you know, between us and and Fun 107 fighting for them. So I will always collect these entries, and then I will enter you in when we have one. All you have to do if you want to enter to win a free Seize the Deal certificate is open up the WBSM app and record a voicemail. Hit the open line button, record a voicemail, tell us your name, where you're calling from, and... Why you love WBSM. And then we can play it on the air and we'll enter you in to possibly win a seize the deal certificate to such great restaurants as like say Alianza in New Bedford, which if you are looking for a way to save money on dinner and a chance to spend a nice evening outdoors, that's the place to go to because all summer long while they have their outdoor dining open, when you dine outdoors, you will get half price appetizers. So if you're eating outdoors on the patio, half-price apps while you're eating outside. But also, the important part is, for saving you money big time, is you can go and get lunch at Alianza, get their weekday quick bite lunch special from 11 to 4, and you can get any sandwich except for steak with fries for just 6 bucks. So if you want to go grab some lunch and bring it to the beach, if you want to go bring it to the park, maybe you're heading up to Six Flags and you want to have lunch on your way, all of that stuff, whatever you're doing, you can go and grab a quick bite lunch for just 6 bucks at Alianza. Any sandwich on the menu except for fries for just $6. And Alianza is always about saving you money. And that's just one of the many ways. They also have their regular daily specials as well. So you can always go in there and find out what the special is. Today's special is stuffed fillets. So if you want to head on over there, you can get a great deal on that as well. Alianza Restaurant, Cove Street in New Bedford. Visit them online at allianzarestaurant.com. All right, so we were talking about the UMass Dartmouth Star Store and the fact that it just looks more and more like UMass Dartmouth didn't want to be there. That's the truth behind it. We can talk more about that coming up and take your phone calls, 508-996-0500. We're also going to talk about an interesting story with a couple of local businesses in Fall River that uh, uh, apparently are headed for a showdown here, and it's all related to Lizzie Borden. So we can talk about that as well. Stay tuned. We will discuss that, and then I'll probably, you know, get threatened to get sued again because whenever I talk about this business, Anyway, that's whole a, That's a story for later on. But right now, it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. The death toll from the Hawaii wildfires is now
2: up to one hundred and six. Governor Josh Green said Tuesday that only a handful of the victims have been identified so far. Green says President Biden will visit Maui to survey the damage after the tough work is done and that over a thousand first responders from around the world are continuing to look for victims. A Utah man who was killed by the FBI earlier this month had confronted police with an assault-style rifle five years ago. Records made public on Tuesday show that Craig Robertson was holding the rifle when an officer rang his doorbell in 2015, and there was a, quote, bit of a standoff before Robertson finally put the gun down. Former President Trump's chief of staff is attempting to move his Georgia election interference case to a federal court. Mark Meadows is one of nearly 20 defendants accused of racketeering charges brought down by a Fulton County grand jury this week. The AJC says a switch in the federal court would give Meadows a more conservative jury pool in northern Georgia. Trump is likely to make the same request. The Ravens are mourning the loss of former running back Alex Collins who died Sunday at the age of 28 after a motorcycle crash in South Florida. Ravens coach John Harbour opened his Tuesday press conference with a message for Collins' family. I guess he did not. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson played with Collins during his rookie year and said he was a, quote, great guy to be around. Collins was drafted out of Arkansas by Seattle in 2016 and played for both the Seahawks and the Ravens. North Korea is confirming publicly for the first time that American soldier Travis King crossed into the country. Chris Caragio has the details.
1: State-run media claimed that King admitted to entering illegally and expressed a willingness to seek refuge in North Korea or a third country. The report also said King confessed to harboring ill-feeling against inhumane maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. U.S. officials say the alleged comments couldn't be verified. While in South Korea last month, King sprinted into North Korea while on a tour of the
2: demilitarized zone. I'm Chris Carragio. And Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is admitting she ate hallucinogenic mushrooms during her recent visit to China. In an interview with CNN, she explained she ate the mushrooms as part of a meal at a popular Chinese restaurant and was not aware at the time the shrooms had, quote, hallucinogenic properties. She she added that if the mushrooms are properly cooked, they have no impact, and she felt no effects from eating them. Yellen met with Chinese officials in Beijing in early July. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Washington Nationals last night 5-4. The four-game series between the two will continue tonight at 7.05 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast.
1: Overall today, it's going to be a cloudy day, but we do get some sun at times. We also could see a couple of spot rogue showers passing through the area as we head into the afternoon. Humidity levels will be running very high today and into tomorrow. So what you can expect for those temperatures, high near 76. Overnight tonight, 65 degrees. And for tomorrow, humid, but the sun does come out high of 78. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420
2: WBSM. It's currently 60. degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: WBSN, news talk Let's yeah.
1: welcome back in you know uh when 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 i go to the gym cuz i i go to the gym now but when i go to the gym i usually have like hard rock or some hip hop in my headphones cuz you know the keeps keeps me motivated keeps me going in fact when i get on the exercise bike i listen to run to the hills by iron maiden because i can kind of pace myself and speed up when the music speeds up and slow down when the music slows down I I tried it with Rush the other day too because of the tempo changes you know just little things like that to motivate myself but anyway yesterday I was uh, I think I was on the elliptical when that song came on building a mystery and I was like you know what I'm going to keep it on because I love the song I love the lyrics I love the energy that song brings and I don't care and then all I kept thinking was I hope nobody can hear this music coming out of my headphones because they're going to be like who works out to Sarah McLaughlin? It's like, well, look look, look at me. First of all, I'm not really working out yet. I'm just like walking and stepping and things like that. So don't judge me. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in, or you can send in those app chat messages like Izzy and Fall River did. Good morning, Tim. In my opinion, the Star Store building is perfect is a perfect location for a mixed-use occupancy. Residential apartments or condos with commercial space on the lower level would be more beneficial economically for the city of New Bedford than having a building being used by less than 100 UMass students. And that's, that's a great point that having, you know, that plan that uh, Representative Markey talked about would probably be more of an economic boon to the downtown area as it stands now than the Star Store is. When... Again, I I don't want to belittle how important the Star Store campus was to the revitalization of downtown. Centering that there and and the foresight of, of Senator Montagny and others set the wheels in motion for the rebirth of downtown New Bedford. However, 22 years on, that's not the way that it is anymore. First of all, there's a lot of things going on downtown. Secondly, the College of Visual and Performing Arts is not the same as it was 22 years ago. The focus is more so now on digital arts, as it should be, because that's that's the future. That's where the jobs are. I mean, the, the joke is always, oh... You, what are you studying in school? Well, I'm studying art. Oh, okay, so you don't want to eat for the rest of your life. And that's not accurate. You know, we've put, we've put out a lot of very influential and successful artists going back to the Swain School. But the fact is the enrollment for that program has dropped It has dropped to the point where they don't need that building anymore. And if having the artwork is what's drawing people down there, have a gallery. Take some of UMass Dartmouth's money that they were utilizing because they were utilizing some of their own money for that space. So take some of that money that they were utilizing and rent out a gallery space. And then you can still have the artwork. You can still have your events. You can still have a presence for the art students. But then you can get some other things in that building that will generate more income and revenue for downtown New Bedford. You you can do both. You don't need to have the classrooms there and offices and whatever else they may have there. So I think... That is, again, that's why they're moving. It has nothing to do with the fact that the, the money wasn't in the budget. I'm, I think the money wasn't in the budget because UMass didn't want to be there. And I don't know why someone from the local delegation doesn't come forward and say that. that the, If it was in the House budget, if it was in the governor's budget, but it didn't make the Senate budget, somebody knew something. My guess is that somebody was Senator Montigny because he is so tied into the Star Store and what's going on with UMass Dartmouth, that maybe the school said, we don't, we don't think we can afford to stay there unless we can finalize this this purchase. The state buys the building and then the state puts in the money to renovate it. And then the state probably said, well, well we don't want to do that because we're not getting it for a dollar like we originally thought or We're going to have to fight in court to get it for a dollar. So all of those things kind of turned into, let's just walk away. That's the way it reads to me. Maybe you feel differently about it. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in on that. You can also chime in on, you know, WalletHub naming Massachusetts the number one state to live in. We're number 44 for affordability. But we're number one in schools and education, which apparently matters more at a Wallet Hub. Again, their name is Wallet Hub than affordability. So that's very interesting. I also want to get into this other story, which I've heard about, I've, I've heard this was happening for a couple of days. I assumed that it was going to happen, knowing some of the parties involved, but I didn't want to comment on it because I, uh, when I talk about the Lizzie Borden house, the perception is that my friendship with the previous owner clouds my opinion on the current owner. And that's not the case at all. I can look at something on its surface and say, I'm not really a fan of what's going on over there. And I've been saying that about what's been going on at the Lizzie Borden house as it's now known since it was purchased by Lansall and U.S. Ghost Adventures uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it was, well, I, I think they finalized the deal last June. Or no, I think it was the, the year before. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Post-pandemic time, doesn't doesn't work in my brain correctly. So I've been critical of some of the changes they made over there before, putting putting rooms in the basement, um refurnishing, uh refurbishing the first floor bathroom into something that doesn't look from the period when the rest of the house is, you know, meticulously kept from the period. And some other things that, that go on there in the, the regular operations of the house. One of the interesting things is that the building next to the Lizzie Borden house also has a history of being haunted because it ties into another tragedy that happened on, on that property before the Borden murders. In which one of Andrew Borden's relatives had snapped and she killed Two of her children and, and took her own life. Some of those spirits or some of the ghosts they say are at the Lizzie Borden house. But the building where that happened is now that building next door to where, where there's there, there was a hair salon and and there's a cafe that is just open in that building. Miss Lizzie's Cafe, which is heavily relying on the Lizzie Borden story as, as part of its identity and as part of its marketing. Fall River Reporter has the story where Lance Zoll, the owner of the Lizzie Borden house, is planning on taking action against Miss Lizzie's cafe, Miss Lizzie's coffee shop. Because he, he thinks that that is infringing on his intellectual property. This is the, the quote that he gave to Fall River Reporter. Miss Lizzie's coffee violates our intellectual property and has created a false association and confusion with the house and its operation. We are taking appropriate action to correct this and defend our marks. We have also been selling Lizzie Borden coffee in the gift shop and plan to provide coffee options to our guests directly. Yeah, he wants to sell them coffee. Instead of providing it like they did when it was a bed and breakfast, he wants to sell them coffee. It's no longer a bed and breakfast. If you want breakfast in the morning, you have to pay extra. But here is this business coming in that you would think you could partner with, that you could have a relationship with, who I know the previous owner would have had a relationship with. She would have been their best customer. And his first instinct is we've got to sue. We own the Lizzie Boyd name. Nobody else can use it. Now, there was a case that happened a few years ago where a museum opened up in Salem that was dedicated to the Lizzie Borden story, and they had to take Lizzie Borden out of their name because it caused confusion with the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, which was also a museum in Fall River. And I can see that. I can understand that. First of all, it used the full Lizzie Borden name, but secondly... It's confusing to people that are coming from somewhere else that might not be familiar with the fact that it happened in Fall River. They just come to Massachusetts and they go to Salem and they're like, oh, this must be the town where Lizzie Borden happened. They might not know all the details. and they go to the museum and they find out, no, it happened in Fall River. So there can be some confusion in that. I don't think having a coffee shop is going to confuse people with the business that you are running, which is a place to spend the night and take a tour and hunt for ghosts. And they're only calling it Miss Lizzie's coffee shop. So I don't know that this will have the same outcome as that previous case did. But welcome to the new Fall River where any Lizzie Borden association is going to immediately be met with litigation from this guy There's a there's a, a a time when a legend supersedes any kind of ownership First of all this is dubious because it's a person's name that I as far as I know the family estate has never signed over the rights to that person's name. So just because you use it as your trademark doesn't mean that you own the rights to the name. You own the rights to the Lizzie Borden house. You own the rights to the specific design that you use on your sign. But that doesn't mean somebody else can't use a hatchet and their Lizzie Borden logo. And I'm not a lawyer. I don't even try to play one on the radio. But it seems iffy to me but we'll see if it goes that far if it goes, if it actually reaches a judge if it actually reaches the level of a lawsuit we'll 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 see how it goes 508-996-0500 let's take a break be back in a few and let's jump into the phones 508-996-0500 good morning you're on WBSM good morning
0: tim
1: how are you shanie
0: Oh hanging in. And Tim, um, they were talking
1: about that. Is it Oh Ozembik, yeah, yep. That's that's one of the one of the medications, yep. Yeah. Is
0: that one that you take?
1: I take Munjaro, which is similar.
0: Oh. So how's that going?
1: Good, good. They just uh they just upped my dose uh, last week because you know you're you're supposed to be on two point five milligrams for the first month. But I was getting such good results that they actually kept me on the lower dose for two months and uh and just decided to up me because, you know, it's it's time and uh now hopefully I can keep getting significant weight loss on five milligrams and not have to keep going up, but it, it can go up to as much as fifteen. So I do have I do have a path in front of me if I need more, but I'm trying not to need more so that when I go off of it, it, it I'm not as dependent on it.
0: So um Once you reach the goal that you want to, how much you want to lose, then you get off it and you start to like work out in the gym and watch what you're doing.
1: Yeah. They will, they'll probably keep me on it a little bit after I've reached my goal. Like it won't be an immediate stop. And then they'll probably kind of fade, you know, if I'm, if I'm at five, they'll probably knock me down to 2.5 again for a couple of months. But uh, I know somebody who has been at their goal weight on it for a year, but is still taking it and you know, they, they haven't lost more. But it's kind of like a security blanket for them a little bit because they're worried about if they'll go back to overeating once they're off of it. Um, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll go off of it relatively quickly as soon as I hit my goal. The thing is, once I hit my goal, because my doctors say I should weigh like 140 pounds, I look at myself and say there's no way I should. I'd, I'd look sick if I weighed 140 pounds. So I just want to get down to like 200, 180, and then I'll see how I feel then. And if I feel like I could still lose some more weight, then I'll, I'll keep going.
0: Um, so you feel good and you have energy
1: and you sleep good and all that stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, you know, I, I, I go to work, I get up at 4am, I go to work, I go to the gym, I go home, I make dinner, I do some more work at home and I don't, I don't feel the need to take a nap. And I, I would have thought that I would have needed to, that I'd be, you know, exhausting myself, but that's not the case at all.
0: You have
1: a snack before before you go to bed? Um, no, I'm not really a snacker anyway. So I I have like just for an example, yesterday I had a protein shake for breakfast, um, which I drink, you know, while I'm here doing the show. And then I had to go to Wareham for a dentist appointment, so I went and I got a roast beef sandwich at uh, at a restaurant over there and had that for lunch. And then I didn't eat again until dinner time. That was I ate that sandwich probably about uh, three o'clock. And then I didn't eat again until almost 8 o'clock, and I had a couple of steak tips and a couple of grilled scallops, and that was what I ate.
0: Mm. Oh. She was saying that everybody's on it, but there was some bad news. Some people wanted to commit suicide. and uh, There's always some side effects to everything. Of course. It doesn't mean it's going to happen to you, right?
1: The other thing, too, is with those side effects, you always have to ask the question of, is the person taking it properly? Or are they taking something else that mixes with it? Now, the doctor gave me all of the potential dangers of taking this when I signed up for it. And I said, you know what, the the risk, the reward outweighs the risk and we'll just manage it. If I start to have some of these side effects, I'll stop. You know, I don't feel like I have to keep taking it if it's going to make me sick or make it, you know, I know you can kind of fight through it and then it eventually it'll get better. And so if I do that and it's still going on after a couple of weeks, I'll stop. But I haven't had any side effects at all. Now, were you uh, borderline diabetes? I had gone over the threshold. So I was I was kind of pre-diabetic, but um, my my A1C was like 7.2 when I first started, you know, when I was first diagnosed as diabetes. I got up to a 9.5, and uh, now I'm back down to a 6.5. So I'm just barely over the diabetic range. So hopefully by the time I go back in six months and get my next round of blood work done, I'll be under six and won't be diabetic anymore. But
0: you, you you, weren't on medicine for that, though, were you?
1: I was. I take metformin every day for that.
0: Oh, you still do? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right.
1: Yep, they, um, they, they want me to just stay on everything because it's it's all working, so they don't see a need to, to take me off anything. The doctor did say that if I get under six, if I want to go off the metformin, I, I probably can because the Munjaro is also a diabetes medicine.
0: Yeah, plus that'll be good for you. It'll prolong your life if you keep your weight down.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. That's my whole uh, my whole outlook here is you know what every time I go there's a different health problem. Let's let's go back to the point where I go there and they say wow that previous health problem you had is gone. So.
0: Oh good. I'm glad. Are you going to do spooky?
1: Uh, not this week. I have a, an event this week.
0: Oh, cause I put it on
1: and I never get to hear it anymore. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we've been on hiatus since I've moved to the mornings here, but we'll we'll come back in the fall for sure.
0: All right. I want to give a shout
1: out to Mary. I'm sure she's listening.
0: My friend Mary. <laughs>
1: she's out there.
0: Okay, honey.
1: All right. You have a good day.
0: I'll be listening. Okay, take it easy. Too. Bye right.
1: bye. All right. We are going to take our, though, our final break of the morning. Our uh, final break of the morning. Our final break of the hour. We'll be right back. Thousand.